0: All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Rigos Rag podcast. Uh, we won't be able to get a full game recap for you uh, yet. Uh, we're gonna get that for you later this week uh, with the Redskins matchup against the Cleveland Browns in the rearview mirror. Now, the preview is probably of no use to you uh, anymore, so you don't have to go back and check that out. But we do have some stuff coming up, and we've got some good articles out there. Jacob released his um his NFL Power Rankings, and uh, we got some more stuff coming. Uh, today, though, we got a special one. We've been having a rotating cast of our own contributors at Rio's Rag, uh, but today we have an outside source. We have Robbie Duncan. Uh, he's an offensive line analyst. Uh, you can find his breakdowns on Twitter. He's also a content contributor for Redskins Capital Connection. Uh, his handle is very fittingly at RobbieDuncanOL, uh, and you'll find out just how fitting that is uh, in the coming minutes. So, Robbie, uh, thanks so much for joining today. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, Ian. Thanks for
0: having me. Yeah, man, it's great. It's great. You know, uh, after the game, everyone was kind of... In a furor, you know, obviously the the snaps that stand out the most are the snaps where the offensive linemen are chasing their uh, assignments as they're piling into the quarterback. So you know, everyone sees those and kind of kind of gravitates towards it. And I'm I'm a culprit sometimes too. You know, you, you see those bad highlights, but you don't always see the good stuff, the the snippets of the potential that these guys have. And uh, so we wanna we wanted to bring in a guy who understands this stuff in depth, and uh, so we can kind of get a full picture. So uh, first, I'm just gonna ask you your general impression from the game what were they and this doesn't have to be necessarily about the offensive line too you know you can just talk about what you saw because you know covering the whole team obviously your your specialty area is the offensive line so what were your general impressions uh, from this first game it wasn't a pretty one but you know it's preseason so getting out the kings too shaking off the rust and trying new things Uh, it's all on the table what do you think
1: yeah. Overall, the team wise, it was. I mean, the starters didn't play, so people have to take that with a grain of salt. With what was on the field, it was all the twos and threes, and even fours that were playing on that Thursday game. Some encouraging thing, or at least for me, was Terry McLaurin didn't play because he's essentially going to be a starter, which is pretty cool for a third round pick yeah. rookie to outright be a starter through training camp. So that's exciting. And, you know, people are quick to make snappy judgments based on how Dwayne Haskins played, but I thought there was a lot of stuff to be encouraged about and, yeah. and be excited about with him as a quarterback. The decisions he made for the interceptions were, were not good ones, but his poise, his mobility in the pocket, there's definitely stuff there to be excited about and see that there's a franchise quarterback with this guy. It's just, you know, some players need more time, yeah. and that's totally fine. So yeah, that's overall team-wise. I think we got some depth here and there, but the offensive line depth is one of the more concerning things for me, and, and that's going to kind of segue into the offensive line for me. There were guys that I thought did a lot better than I initially thought they did. Eric Flowers was one of them. He had his reps where he lost a you know one-on-one matchup against a D-tackle where he got the quarterback hit, but there was a lot of things there that I saw that looked a lot better than I expected. Fitting. In the run game, he had one block where he was driving his guy about five or six yards downfield and pancaked him. That was the holding call that they called on him. All he had to do was just get that left hand inside, and, and we're talking about a hell of a block. Yeah. Um, there's there's small, minute things that if, if that stuff gets cleaned up, then we're talking about a decent player that we can mix and match. It doesn't necessarily mean he's the starting left guard right now. but. We got a guy who could be some good depth on the interior. I don't. I would rather keep him inside than I would at tackle. I also think we got a problem with drawn Christian. I'm not sure if it's drawn or or I think I've heard it pronounced Geron. I
0: think it's Geron. <laughs> I think it just rolls it off the dude. tongue, so we'll go with that. It does. But, uh, yeah. it does.
1: I'm gonna say Geron Christian. And, uh, <laughs> There's, there's things to like about him. I think he does look a little bit better here and there technique-wise as a tackle, but there's a really big flaw that he has, and I pointed out in my uh, breakdown or, over the weekend, he has a false step where, if you don't know what I'm talking about, when a tackle's lined up, usually his, his outside foot is the one is the foot that's further back in his stance, and that's the foot that you kick back with to get depth and, and you know start your pass set. Generally, you want to kick back and get depth with it, but Jaron christian has this really bad habit of false stepping which is instead of kicking back with that back foot that back foot instead kind of steps forward and then loses ground he doesn't get any depth at all and is already behind in the pass set mm. and has to play catch up with the defensive end that he's matched up against and when you're doing that against guys like miles garrett you're you're going to lose yeah you're toast like yeah garrett is going to destroy you <laughs> so there's a lot of things he's gonna have to work on, but you know, I saw I've seen some clips of him in one on ones and training camp, which he did look good. But he has to clean up that fall step if I'm gonna be more comfortable with him out there on Sundays. me um, get to let's see, yeah, West Martin had a good night. I thought he had a really good night. I didn't see anything negative to point out about him. That's good. Um, so those, I, I would say, those were my uh, highlights of the of the night.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, it kind of aligns with what we've been seeing. I think three offensive linemen in particular took a lot of scrutiny, and they were all offensive ta- or two off, ta- yeah, two tackles and one guard. Uh, Timon Paris, Christian, like you said, and then Flowers, like you said. And I think it's I think it's important that we kind of delve into them a little bit deeper, especially Flowers, because he's been a punching bag all off season. I mean. In uh, in training camp, they were having there were beat reporters uh, describing his play with a, a gif of a Jenga tower falling. Uh, it, it was brutal stuff, and a lot of people just assume that there's nothing there, and that was something that I did in a previous piece. But looking at your gif breakdowns on on Twitter, you know you see that there's more there than what meets the eye. You know someone else might just see a guy falling backward, or you know might just see his bad plays, but. What does Flowers have going for him, and, but what's holding him back at this stage? And is it, is it correctable? Is it easily correctable, or is it going to take a little more time than what's allotted right now?
1: Well, the biggest thing that he has going against him is his, uh, first off, it's is his stance. If you look at him when he's in his stance compared to the rest of the offensive line, he's taller than the rest of them. Yeah. He has a really bad habit of bending at the waist, even in his stance, which, uh, you know, when you're like that, you're not in an athletic stance where you can really sink your hips and anchor against a you know, strong defensive tackle with a bull rush. Um, instead, you're going to be off balance. You're going to be leaning too far forward, which makes it easier to you know, shed you and, and kind of tug you forward and make you use your momentum against you. That's the biggest thing he has to work on is sinking his hips and bending his knees instead of bending over at the waist. Um, the things I did like that I saw was he's fighting with his hands. He's not just putting his hands on the guy and, you know, just trying to ride him by, or, you know, just try to hold him off. He's, he's working his hands individually and, and trying to kind of it's like a boxing match almost. And which is good because you don't want to just leave have your hands out and, and leave them out because it makes it easier for defensive lineman to knock him off or engage with you with the different moves that they can utilize. Mm-hmm. So fighting with your hands individually and kind of staying active helps uh, keep them in front of you and you're, and you're able to react to whatever move they, they do. Um, with that said, the thing he could really use uh, work on is using more patience. sometimes it's good to be the one to initiate the first you know contact or to, to punch first or not or sometimes it's better to you know take your steps and then have your hands ready but let the defensive lineman make the move first that way you're able to react and engage with them how you need to to execute a successful block yeah um, some, like if you, if you try to punch them first and you've been doing that, consistently the defensive lineman's is going to eventually figure it out okay he's going to punch me again like he's been doing and i'm just going to swat his hands away and use that against him and get right by him which is yeah. what happened yeah um flowers won a couple reps doing that thing with his hands and mark bullock pointed it out on twitter as well and then the defensive lineman caught him doing the same thing, swat his hands away, and his momentum carried him forward, almost fell on the ground, and he got a big hit on the quarterback. So, it's just a matter of changing things up, trying not to be too repetitive. It's just like a chess match. You know, you don't yeah. want to keep using the same strategy. Keep it, keep mixing it up yeah. kind of thing.
0: It's kind of like a give and take. Like, a, it, you sometimes need to wait for the defensive lineman to bite off more than he can chew, get himself in a compromising exactly. position, and then take advantage of that leverage. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. And that's... um. It's really promising to hear that cuz Flowers like I said he's been a punching bag all off season and uh, it's it's good to hear that there is some potential there. Hopefully Callahan mm-hmm. can work with that in the next 3 weeks but it sounds like he's going to make the roster cuz they they want to get something out of this investment. So we'll see what yeah, happens. Absolutely. But, yeah, but there's definitely something there. Uh Timon Paris is a guy that you were really you seemed a little higher on him than the other guys uh, in your in your breakdowns uh you you were really talking about his upside and um you know a lot of us when we're talking about offensive line we kind of stop at oh yeah he's athletic oh yeah he has power but uh there's a lot of little minute details that they can use to maximize their traits and i wanted to hear what you had to say about paris because um he's a guy that a lot of people have been kind of eyeing as a potential uh, undrafted free agent who could sneak on you know he he was signed as an undrafted Mm -hmm. free agent last offseason and he's had a year to kind of develop what did you like from him in the preseason game and what can he work on
1: what I really like about him is his pass set. Like, in, in general, in pass pro, he is very, very technical with it. He, he takes a good, quick first step, beats his guy to the spot, and then has his hands ready to fight and, and ready to strike and react to whatever the defensive lineman does. And he's square to the line of scrimmage, which is good. But the problem that he got beat on a couple times pretty badly was from oversetting where you kick too deep. You're, you're so worried about beating the guy – deep so he can't get around you on the, on the outside or he beat you with a speed rush that you open up the inside rush or the inside lane for him to take that. And, and then once you do kick too deep, you're already behind and you can't um, really react to the inside rush until it's too late. Mm. So that's what really got Paris against that uh, the Browns that last Thursday night. It was uh, two bad reps where he got beat inside pretty badly. And it's all based on you know alignment. You know, we, Sometimes you have to pick deep when the guy's lined up really wide. Sometimes you don't even need to kick at all. The guys lined up right in front of you. Just bounce your feet in place and and, um, and let your let him make a move. Don't let him go inside. Make him go around you yeah. kind of thing. Um, just, just bounce in place. Um, and I think I want to say one of them, based on the alignment, I, I wish I could see from the backside, all 22 angle, but um, one of them for sure looked like to me that he could have just bounced in place and would have been just fine, but he kicked too deep and, and just got Uh, embarrassed (laughs) by giving up the inside lane. There was one play for Paris that uh, a lot of people thought he was at fault for, and I pointed this out in my breakdown too. It was, if you look at the play itself, the entire offensive line was sliding to the right, including the tight end. I think it was Flanagan Uh um, lined up next to uh, Christian on that play. The entire line, including Flanagan, was sliding right, selling like it was a running play. Everyone except the right guard, which was Zach Karen, um, number 67. Karen was going left, leaving a hand on the nose guard with the center. Because he did that and was looking left, Paris was sliding right like he, everybody else was doing and felt no help. He, <laughs> he set out wide, selling the run, and then the defensive end slant, slanted inside, and he didn't feel any help, so he had to tr- trace back and try to uh, – salvage what he could but there was no way and then people people look
0: at that and see paris chasing the guy and they're like oh it's his fault
1: exactly and that's why it's always important to not make uh hasty judgments based on what you see initially on the field it's always important to go back and watch the film first before you really uh make judgments like that because i mean what you would have thought when, you, when it first played out, it looked like a screen because Keenum kept backing up and he just threw it away towards Samaji Pirine. And Pirine himself was trying to block on that play. He They faked the handoff and then was blocking the edge against that defensive back that was blitzing as well. That was a it was a total max protect shot play that, that it looked like to me. So, uh, yeah, watching the film is always the more important thing in the, that regard because you can see what really went down and not what it looked like originally
0: yeah yeah uh going back to paris's um his uh his issue where he uh, steps back too far how how does that relate to christian's issue are they like opposites or like because christian he takes the false step paris sometimes kind of overcompensates is that what i'm getting from this or
1: yeah i I would say it's paris overcompensating it it, it's a clean pass set. like the technique he has the shoulder lean inside um hemp square to the line of scrimmage, he's kicking deep, but it's just too much. It you know, he I think he's too worried about getting beat wide or beat with speed that he forgets to um, be ready for the inside rush when he does that. And and that's what's hurt him. Christian, on the other hand, with this false step, there is no inside rush because the the defensive lineman's already taken two steps upfield and uh is already almost around that, that hula hoop as they say the you know, running the hoop to bend around the edge yeah so with christian he's i guess technically cutting off the inside but it's not due to it's not on purpose (laughs) yeah technical flaws is uh cutting off the inside rush lane for him but um all he needs to work on is getting that foot back i I do wonder if this is more a flaw for him on the left side and i want to see if he was on the right side if he would still have that problem um that would be something to really take a look at
0: yeah yeah, I, I saw I don't I don't remember if it was you or someone else who said that his technique almost looks mirrored uh, on the left side, like he'd be better on the left on the right side. But that that would be interesting to try out. Of course, uh, looking at the team's depth chart, it seems like they don't have a lot of choices, honestly. But that and that's unfortunate too because they're, they're. I know
1: who exactly it was. I'm gonna give him a shout out because it was a good I uh, good point to bring up. It was uh, <laughs> Aaron in parentheses hashtag Camp Season at
0: you done messed up oh yeah yeah aaron yeah he's always bringing up good points yeah doesn't yeah. surprise me good
1: good uh good point aaron <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah there's your shout out man if you if you get this far in the podcast there, there's your shout out you got it yeah that's some that's really interesting because i've i've always seen people talk about how someone might be better suited for the left side than the right side but i've never really been able to understand the intricacies of why that is it's just Subtle habits that kind of that they kind of latch onto that maybe would place them into a better fit there. But that that's interesting. That's very interesting. Uh, I want to talk about the left tackle a little bit because Christian is there. He might be better suited for right tackle. Timon Paris is that right tackle right now, the backup right tackle. Um, mm-hmm. how is the? I know we brought you on to talk about the preseason <laughs> game, but it kind of just it kind of just played out like this. Trent Williams, if he doesn't yeah. come back. We've got Donald Penn in the works. Um, can you tell us a little bit about him? It, it, it doesn't matter if you don't know a ton, but uh, it's just like – because I, I feel like a lot of people – some people are latching onto his earlier years where he was a really good left tackle. And I want to know, has he – did he drop off a bit? What are his strengths? And can he kind of salvage the position there if Williams isn't, isn't back?
1: He, yeah, he's definitely no Trent Williams. But uh, he's, I think, for sure, the better option between Christian and uh, – in Paris, for sure. Uh, he's, he's got the veteran experience. He's been in the league for a long time. He's started for a long time. The past couple of years have not been great for him because of injuries. And then the Raiders drafted Colton Miller. That bumped him to right tackle. And Penn would tell you himself that he was more comfortable on the left side. And yeah. playing on the right was just a, a total change for him. And it's not something you can just change or do on the drop of a hat. You know, changing positions... Um, there's muscle memory that you're changing and and totally adapting to. And when you're having to do it on the drop of a dime and and try to do it effectively, it's really hard. Um, So I think he's, I think we're going to see a better Donald Penn because he's playing his natural position. Um, Things that I do like about him is he's very tough. He's he's one of those, you know, he's a mauler and he's, he's got an attitude to him, which is good. But um, with a guy like him, he's kind of sluggish. He's not, an athletic he's pretty much the exact opposite athletically to Trent Williams (laughs) um he's got to rely more on technique to beat these speedier pass rushers um because he can't keep up with these more faster guys like Trent Williams can so that that's the thing for him Penn has to be perfect um technique wise to really uh be more effective where Trent doesn't have to be perfect technique wise because he's such a a freak athlete, you know, he can get away with things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like Penn and he's a solid backup option. There really was nobody else out there or on this roster that could really come out, come in and replace Trent. Um, if Trent doesn't come back, this was the best option we could come up with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he's a solid plan B. Um, he he, he I, not, He's not a pro bowler anymore, or anything like that, but he can get the job done.
0: Yeah. I would rather
1: have had Ty Secchi, but <laughs> we let him go too.
0: Yep, yep. And he's I think he's not on the starting lineup with the Bills. Or if he's not. Yeah, he
1: had a good game for them too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so they really got to steal with him for sure, but um, I know a lot of people were talking about uh, you know, not having a left tackle stunting Dwayne Haskins' development or something. I mean, if if he keeps playing like he did in the preseason game uh, and keeps showing his potential and applying his knowledge in real time and you know if he's got a good supporting cast uh, in terms of quarterback and voices in his ear off the field with like Alex Smith and all those guys I don't I don't think it'll be a huge problem especially if Penn's there kind of just shoring yeah. up the position so that's that's good to hear um Blake Hans we haven't talked about him how did he perform cuz I know he did a little bit in preseason did did he show enough for you to like get a tangible uh takeaway or did he just kind of, was he just kind of there for a little
1: bit? I saw a lot of Blake Hans when I was there at camp uh, for the one-on-ones and team reps and stuff. He, yeah. he did pretty well played both sides. He didn't just play one uh, tackle position, but um, I didn't get a good look at him in the, in the uh, preseason game. I pretty much stopped after West Martin came out,
0: <laughs> I got you.
1: But, uh, um, but he does show some versatility, which is good, but I think he's, kind of facing the uphill battle he, he could probably be a, a good practice squad um, option if guys like Paris does make the roster um, but I, I like what I saw from him and can't I'll, I'll probably need to go back and get a better look at him in the game and give him a fair uh, shot at that but I, after West Martin was done um, I kind of was like all right I don't need to watch the fours right now <laughs> yeah yeah
0: I got you that's reasonable that's reasonable I, I um I didn't really see I saw him in like a Getty image in One of my articles, so I was like, "Oh, he was there. Okay, that's cool." So I, I figured I'd ask, but uh, yeah, I think he's an experienced guy out of Northwestern. But that's that's really all I got on him. So I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it seems like he's got an uphill battle. But you talked about uh, Timon Paris making the roster, and I'm looking at the number, the numbers game here. Uh, it looks kind of like he's kind of on the fringe right now. Um, I can't speak for the team yeah. and what they think, but judging by his performance in preseason, what do you think his chances are?
1: Who is this again? I'm sorry.
0: Uh, Timon Paris.
1: Timon Paris. I, I think he makes it. I mean, you got, if, especially if Trent Williams doesn't come back, you got Donald Penn, who's, who's 36 years old. Good chance he can get hurt like he's been the past two years. And then you got Morgan Moses, who battles injuries almost every season as well. And then John Christian is the next guy in after that. I think you would have to go with four tackles. Um, Timon Paris yeah. did play some left tackle at camp when I was watching in the one-on-ones. He had some good reps. Um, so I think he could do it, but you know, he would be the fourth guy behind those three guys. I think he – others probably wouldn't say that, but I think he makes it. I would probably say those four, and then you got um, Chase Roulier, Brandon Sheriff. Um, That's five – or no, that's uh, seven, right? Yeah, four. I think so. No, that's six. That's six. So Morgan Moses, Donald Penn, Timon Paris, John Christian, uh, Chase Rullier, Brandon Sheriff, and then uh, Tony Bergstrom, and then probably who's the next? Or West Martin.
0: West Martin. That's your.
1: Yeah. I, I'd probably say eight. Eight guys. Okay. Maybe not.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would um I would agree with that too. What about Corey Robinson? How does he factor in there?
1: Uh, I think he's another guy that's facing an uphill battle just like uh, Blake Hans is. Uh, Robinson, from what I saw, really struggles with the speed rush. He's a big dude, with, which you get excited about, but you know, 6'7", almost 6'8", 315 pounds. He's got the body of a tackle that you like, but from what I saw in camp, he really struggled with speed rush. Casanova McKenzie was uh, really giving him a hard time, and uh, I didn't see much in the preseason game either that – for, that would make me excited. He's definitely behind Paris and Christian for sure for me. Okay, uh, may not agree, but I would probably go with those two before I would go with Robinson.
0: Okay, so it seems like there's a little bit of a gap there. Okay, that's cool. Uh, we're, we're almost out of time here. Uh, let's move back to the guard position because I realize we haven't addressed these two guys side by side yet. You've got Eric Flowers, the experienced guy who they're moving to left guard. You've got Wes Martin, the rookie who's impressed a little bit uh, with the action that he's gotten. And uh, it seems like he might be easier to project in that starting role. Who would you say starts there, uh, judging by the progress they've made thus far?
1: Based on what I saw in the first preseason game, I would start Wes Martin over Eric Flowers. But I will say that Eric Flowers did a good job, and he has not lost his you know, penciled-in left guard spot right now, but... Um, the competition's heating up. I thought Wes Martin had a really good night. Like I said earlier, didn't do anything that I would, you know, if I was grading his play like a coach would, I would not have given him any negative plays. Um, I thought he did really well, especially climbing to the linebacker. He had really good – he's really good at climbing up to the linebacker, taking him on square, and, and just kind of staying engaged with him. He doesn't, you know, just let up and, oh, there, play's over. I had made my block kind of thing. He, yeah. he finished it. You know, he may not end up with the guy on the ground, but finishing your block is also just staying on your block until the whistle blows. Doesn't have to doesn't have to mean, you know, pancaking your guy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I like the way he plays. He's stout. Um, he, he 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 actually pulled pretty well too. There was a play where he pulled and, and kicked out his guy, and the alley was wide open for the running back to get. I think it was about four or five yards. So I would give the edge to West Martin if I was starting. Or deciding who was starting, I would take the guy that's played the position, you know, most of his career and and knows how to play left guard and is used to it um, over the guy that's raw and still has a lot of kinks to work out.
0: Yeah, and that that's not that's not necessarily an in indictment of Flowers if he starts over no. him. Yeah, because Flowers no, can I learn. Would, I would say that. Yeah. All right, that's good. That's I good. Would,
1: I would say that Flowers is. Like what you see with flowers is a guy that's raw but has a ton of potential if the light bulb goes up goes off and he f- kind of finally figures it out and then realizes how to play the the position effectively that's the guy you would want out there he's he's he was the strongest guy at the combine you know he broke i don't think he broke records but he he benched a, a ton of weight or reps of the two twenty five he's he's got strength he's got power yeah um and he and he's a, I would say more athletic than west martin but um, like I said – like we said before, Martin has the more – he's got the more technical he's, – he's more nuanced than Eric Flowers is, Yeah, and, and that's the guy you got to give it to in this situation. You can't just put – especially if you're starting Dwayne Haskins, you can't put a guy like Flowers out there with the ones that's still kind of figuring things out Okay, and, and take a risk of hurting Dwayne Haskins.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you talk about nuance. Uh, it, it's just one word. It doesn't carry a lot of weight on its own, but the depth of the nuance, the offensive line position is something you, it's really hard to appreciate it. Cause I know a lot of people, it's not flashy. So people overlook it, but, um, and I'm kind of, it's something that I don't really know much about either, but just going off the top of my head, things like pad level, you know, when to strike, when to be patient. It's just so many different things that it's it's really hard to encapsulate all in one word, and it's 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 really it takes a lot longer to develop it than I think people would realize. So it, it's really good to it's really good to hear that both of them have potential, and it's good to hear for me especially that Martin has an easy time moving up to the second level because uh, when when he got drafted, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> when I, when I wrote the article, I was like, wait, I've never heard yeah, of this guy.
1: I, I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't either. I, I remember tweeting exactly when he got drafted, I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And I was like, I was like, and I was scrambling, you know, to, to write the summary and I was like, what the heck? It's like, Oh, okay. He's, he's strong. I'll put that in there. But I had no idea as to his athletic profile or anything like that. So it's good to hear that he was um holding his own out there for sure. And it, 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 it's weird that we didn't hear about him, but now he might be the starting left guard. So that's, that's, that's interesting. Um, We're almost at okay. of time here. So, Robbie, you're our guest. You've been very gracious. Uh, I want to let you have the final word here. Just, is there anything that we didn't bring up that you want to talk about real quick, or just final thoughts to leave our uh, listeners with?
1: Just mostly that the depth is concerning that we have. You know, there's guys that in the back end that I, you know, we're not. I'm not excited about. But we got a decent five. If Penn is healthy, he's our starting left tackle. You got a pretty good competition brewing between Martin and Flowers, which is only a good thing. You know, if whoever wins, you know, you know you got a guy behind him that can be a decent uh, fill-in. So even if Martin wins and you got Flowers on the bench, um, Thursday night is encouraging to me that he can kind of figure it out and play the position effectively in a, you know, whether it's starting or in a relief uh, spot. And we got Chase Roulier who's a solid center and he's young, stout doesn't get hurt that's the more that's the most exciting thing about it with the way this offensive line is staked out the past couple years he's healthy does not get hurt which is very important especially at center because he's got to be the that you know captain the anchor of the line to make sure everybody's on the same page and then Brandon Sheriff of course we need to um, lock him down so we can have a long-term solid right guard next to Morgan Moses as well so there's potential to have a decent starting five, but the back end needs to improve for sure.
0: All right. That's cool. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, the fallout of that preseason game, everyone was talking about, oh, the season is over. You know, it's it's the end of the world. But th- there, there are areas to improve and it is concerning the depth, but uh, there's potential there, too. And they got three more weeks to kind of smooth out the kinks. So we'll see if it happens. If not, oh, I just will just we got to hope for a healthy season. Uh, it feels like we're due for one, yeah. but with injuries, you can never be sure. It's it's very volatile, so we will see. Yeah, we will see. Um, event. Er, that's all the time we have. I was gonna repeat what you said. I don't know why, uh, but that's that's all the time that we have, guys. Uh, I want to thank Robbie once again for coming on. You can follow him on Twitter at Robbie Duncan. Oh uh, I think you know why he has that handle now. Uh, he suits him very well, and uh, some great analysis here. So thanks, man. Uh, unfortunately, that we are at sure. time. So. Peace out, guys. Have a great night.